Nick Marks, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. We're here at the Measuring National Wellbeing, What Matters to You uh, seminar. Tell me a little bit about why you think this well-being debate is important now. I think it's very important now because most people, I think, seem to feel that uh, the indicators we have of economic progress are disconnected from their lives. And we know this from surveys around Europe that people don't think life is progressing as much as GDP would say it was. And we need to start to unpick this about getting indicators which are closer to people's actual experience of life. So I think well-being is absolutely central to that. And what do we know about well-being? You said that we started to measure it in 1972. So it's a recent and new discipline. Yeah, so well-being is um, a predominantly academic phrase, particularly subjective well-being, which basically means about people's lived experience, the quality of their lives, but it's actually asking people questions in surveys, so it's making people the subject of the questions. That's why it's often called subjective. And um, and we have got data going back to the 1970s, uh, some in, from the 60s indeed, You know, particularly on a question called life satisfaction, which has been relatively flat since then in the UK. And, and why is that? Do we know how accurate are these measures of well-being? How do they compare with other countries who, who measure their well-being? Aren't we in Britain a grumbly lot? So if you ask us and say, good day, how are you? We say, not too bad. Whereas, you know, in Costa Rica, which you say is a, it's happier, they might say, well, it's a wonderful sunny day. Well, there are differences between countries. and uh, But what we do know about well-being indicators, they differentiate between people very well within a country. So certainly, you know, the most unhappy people in Britain will be scoring much lower than the people who are most happy. International comparisons get us into different trickiness, but, um, but a lot of them make sense. I mean, for example, the lowest scoring country internationally is Zimbabwe. You know, that seems to make some sense to me. The highest scoring countries are uh, Denmark. Uh, Norway, Switzerland, and then Costa Rica. Costa Rica is very, very interesting. You know, people say, "Oh, you know, uh, you just said, oh, it's sunny and it's whatever, and it's sort of, it's a cultural thing." Well, I mean, they're they're between Guatemala and Nicaragua. They're not in an inter- they're not in an easy ge- geopolitical region, and Costa Rica has no army. It's quite peaceful, very equal society. So there are lots of reasons. You know, they've invested a lot in healthcare, social systems. So. There's lots of reasons why Costa Rica does well, and I think those are very interesting. The sort of social determinants of well-being is very, very interesting. And so we now know that you know Cameron has firmly put well-being on the agenda. It's not GDP, which matters to everybody anymore, work, home, life, balance, all of those things. But, but you know, is this, if you like, a new era for social policy that we're not just thinking of the pound in our pocket in Wilsonian terms anymore? Um, I personally would hope so. We'll obviously have to see. You know, sometimes things come as fashions in uh, in, in policy and, and, and they go later. But there's lots of evidence this is not just about Cameron. You know, we have the OECD doing stuff on this. We have uh, the European uh, Commission doing stuff on Beyond GDP and on well-being and European statistics agencies doing. So actually, the, um, Sarkozy has done this commission, which the Stiglitz uh, chaired. So there's lots and lots of stuff going on here. So I don't think it is flash in the pan. I think it will have to prove itself. You know, both the measurements and the discourse of policy would need to would need to prove themselves. Um, I, I, I obviously I, I founded a whole area of work here at New Economics Foundation about this very question: and what would policy look like if well-being was its aim? And I think well-being possibly could refresh the whole way we think about policy, and it would change it quite dramatically over a twenty-year period if we took it seriously. And so there'd be more work, home life. 
balance. I mean, all parties are now putting that on the agenda. We've seen that progress up. Uh, there'd be issues of, of lifestyle, our environment, um, you know, how we travel to work, those t- or how long we spend travelling to work. Those type of indicators will become serious political issues in the future. Well, those are some, but I mean, I think you're talking quite marginally at all of those ones. I think, you know, more fundamentally, we should restructure the financial system that puts people ahead of profit. You know, uh, we have a lot of people who are, who are financially excluded. We have, um, we have um, you know, our banking system basically for the sake of uh, people in the industry rather than actually serving their communities, not delivering social or environmental value, only profits. So, you know, I think there's, there's lots and lots of things. Schooling would change. You know, how would schooling change if it was about curiosity, if it was about life philosophies rather than just knowledge stuffing? Health services would change. I mean, at the moment we've got a we've got a we've got a sickness service, an illness service. How would actually a well-being system be? This would be dramatically different, and the built environment would be different. You know, why is it that you know the architecture is sexy and public planning is boring? Public planning should be at the heart of a well-being policy. How do we create spaces? Why are our high streets just commercial spaces? Why shouldn't they be well-being spaces? You know, that we actually connect with other people, that we learn things, that we, you know, uh, you know, these are really really critical issues, and I. I think it, if, we, if we really took this seriously, it would change everything. And, and just finally, because you've been generous with your time, um, changing everything. Do we know what makes people happy and what doesn't make them happy? People talked about relationships and family. Are those the indicators? You mentioned the big things of the, the systems in which we live, the banking systems, the political systems. But, you know, it does come down to those personal relationships sometimes. Yeah, I, we, we did a piece of work for the Government Office of Science on what's the equivalent of five fruit and vegetables a day, but for well-being. And they are connect, which is our social relationships are really critical to our well-being. The next one is be active. The, you know, passivity is bad, and physical activity, you know, gets the blood flowing, and actually it's the fastest way out of a bad mood to do your physical activity of choice. It doesn't have to be quite as strong as sweaty exercise. The next one is take notice, which is about being engaged in the world, noticing, noticing things that are beautiful, actually being moved by things, but also noticing things that are coming up for you. The fourth one is keep learning, which is curiosity is really good for us. It could be non-formal learning in in lots of ways. And the fifth one is give. Giving is really, really good for our well-being and also it kick-starts other people's well-being. So those five things of connect, be active, take notice, keep learning and give are the sort of things we know generate well-being. And and if people took those into their personal life, people delivering local policies took them in, I think we we would change Britain for the better. Well, Nick Marks, one other thing that might make you happy is to go to the drinks reception here at the Cambridge Judge Business School tonight. Thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series at the Measuring National Wellbeing What Matters to You debate. Thank you.